I'm set to roll out. Thank you for hanging out with us. I am Nick. My guest today is someone who goes way back. This guy is from uh, from the great state of Michigan. Uh, he goes by the name of Josh Dice. Or let me get. How do you pronounce it, Josh? Is it Deitch or Dice? Originally? Ah. Uh, so when, yeah, I understand that all too well because uh, my better half, uh, she hails from Appalachia, and she doesn't want to move here. So that that tells that tells you I live in I live right on the border of Ohio and Michigan. So I understand that all too well. What it's like? What's the old saying? When Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So I, I I've been there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, Josh, I, first of all, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Um, you bet. Now, I always do this game now. I wasn't there when you were there. Okay, you played back in 94, 95. And I usually play this game where I uh, try to guess the jersey number you wore. And I don't, I don't cheat. I don't look it up on the Internet and try to, you know, guess. I try to do it from memory. And 80% of the time I'm wrong. So the fact that I wasn't there when you were there, it'll just fit in perfectly because I usually get it wrong anyway. So I'm going to take a guess at it, and I'll just say uh, you wore 22. Well, at least I was in the ballpark. <laughs> I was in the I was at three off, not bad. But uh, anyway, uh, first off, let's get to uh, the basics. You were from Ohio. What part of Ohio were you from? Ah, the Queen City. So, I mean, yeah. And now, back then, because I'm trying to think, when did they still have the stingers when you were a little kid from the WHA, or that's just me because I'm old? When I was real young, uh, I actually have a Polaroid picture of me and Mark Messier at the uh, Gold Circle Shopping Cell store uh, down the street from my house. He sold me, I'm two years old. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. We are telling our age a little bit. Yeah, they left when I was young, and then when I was a younger, you know, five, nine years old, they got the cyclones. Oh yeah. So that was the bit. That was, uh, I mean, the cyclones, and they're there to this day, but I mean, they are, they have been passionate in, in Cincinnati about that team. Uh, I know that later on they went on to win a couple of, uh, I believe, Kelly Cups. And uh, do you, now, do you still follow the? Do you still follow the Cincinnati sports and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I follow all sports. I just some a few sports fans. So I follow you know, everything Cincinnati for sure. Actually, my brother was on one of the teams that won the Kelly Cup down there. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, We'll get in, like I said, we'll get into all of this stuff, man. I really am looking forward to this. So, uh, you know, now when you when you first started, how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? Uh, three years old. Oh my goodness. Well, so a true a true hockey family. Uh, that's usually when they do. They start two or three. But uh, you know, I uh, I was thinking about this too. You know, uh, especially in places like a, a Cincinnati, where you don't have uh, I mean, Michigan's a, a considered a hockey hotspot, uh, and of course Toledo, by virtue of its proximity to Detroit and to Windsor and everything Canadian, uh, you've got some you've got reaches right within there. But in Cincinnati, you've got Cincinnati, and you don't have anywhere else. I mean, for hockey, because if you go south to Lexington, uh, no, that's basketball country. You go to Dayton. And well, um, well, come on, a state. Anyway, uh, but uh, you know, it's uh, it. I mean, the Queen City stood on its own, and it it was great because I remember uh, some of the some of the places down there that the Cherokee had to play at, and of course, the infamous uh, Northlands rink. Uh, I don't know about infamous is a good enough word, but we'll get into that. Infamous, but I'll just this, that when you guys went there, it was a whole bunch nicer than when I skated there growing up. Really? I mean, when I, when I skated there growing up, the two, two of the 
locker rooms were in to go through the men's room. Oh my god. That's funny. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Um, you know what's funny is that I, when we went there, they had uh, they didn't have locker rooms. They had uh, sheets. They literally took a clothesline in the corner of the rink and tied it from one corner to the other corner and put bed sheets. And the players went behind there, and that was the locker room. Ah, those were the Yeah, those were the glory days. Yeah, and so now when you played, uh, who was your? Who did you uh, start playing with? Did you uh, play with like like a, a learn to skate program or anything like that when you first started? So now when Yes, he was, man. That guy was, he was, uh, if you cut him open, his heart would be all uh, black and gold. Uh, that's, yeah, he, he was he was the epitome of Boston. But uh, now, okay, so now did you play uh, travel mostly after, or you said, you said you played house league. How long did you play house? That's, I mean, Dayton's not that far from Cincinnati, but still, it's like, uh, it's like going, you know, you're going to another city to play your hockey, and uh, that's, uh, you know, it's not like going from Toledo to Sylvania. I mean, you're going from, you're going from Cincinnati to a place where you normally don't hang out or do anything. Oh, that was my whole career. I played for the Dayton Blue Hawks. I played for the Dayton Stars. 
And then uh, we played for the, me and my two younger brothers, played for the Indy Wings for several years. My dad drove us to Indianapolis Ooh. three nights a week for practice. How far then, uh, How far of a drive is that to Indy from, from where you were at? crazy man all the, I mean well if you love the game that much you do what you got to do Well, I guess if you guys are used to being on the road so much, you know, driving four hours isn't much of a stretch. But, <laughs> but still, man, that that's just crazy, especially as as a young kid. You know, when you're, you know, you still got school, you still got stuff you got to do in addition to your hockey. Right, exactly. Well, right now, my son is seventeen. He goes to high school and he has all this high school stuff he does, and he goes to dances and. I never did none of that because I was never home. Holy crap. You know, I was always away playing. I had like home games on the weekends. You know, you only lived in Cincinnati. You had to be in Indy to get Indy or probably in Chicago or Detroit or Pittsburgh. So, you know, I never did none of that stuff. I never did anything for school except for the work to get through school. Wow. So, so let me ask you, um, uh, when you played, you know, when you went to play up in Michigan, uh, di- is that where you originally got scouted by Toledo? Uh, yeah, I don't have any idea. You have to ask Toledo that. I don't remember. Okay. I, uh, I just went to tryouts the year I played there, and then, uh, I ended up like, on the team. They didn't really want me, actually, on the team that year to start the season. So, uh, just kind of, no, I was just going to say, you know, how did you uh, – how did you end up playing in a Toledo uniform? How did you end up getting there? Well, if you want the long story, we, like, so we drove to Indy for several years to practice, and then my dad got offered from a friend of his that he used to work for a job at Indy, so he moved to Indy, moved us to Indy. So we were closer to the team. But the year we moved there, the Dayton Bluehawks had a really good, you're bringing like five or six kids from Cleveland, one kid from Pittsburgh, some kids from Indy, a couple from Dayton, and a couple from Cincinnati, and we just put a team together. So funny thing is, is he moved us to Indy, and I played in Dayton. Oh my gosh! That next year, because that team, so we went to uh, we went to nationals, tier one nationals in Alaska, uh, and lost in the semifinals. I want to say the Little Caesars. Holy smokes! Yeah, apparently and, not. Uh, and then the following year, that team kind of fell apart, and I ended up playing in Pittsburgh, but I lived in Indy still. Oh, my practice with my team, except for when we had a Friday night practice before home games. Oh, my God. That is insane. So, you might be playing for Pittsburgh. That might be where they scouted me. I don't remember. Yeah, nobody, I don't remember anybody talking to you before tryouts. Hey, you know, 
we just go, nobody stops and you know, we don't know what happens here, we don't know it's the first time what's next and she said, I'll be right back. And we waited in a few more minutes. Jeff walks away, Jeff comes back, he says, Come with me and he brings me to a small table in the lobby, uh, of the camo and uh hearing and only and Bob Zion are all sitting there and uh me down and my dad down and they start talking and they say uh, you know you play good blah 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 but if we take you on this team you're going to be the 14 forward out of 14 try uh, never dress when you do dress you won't play and then if you're willing to do that and, and work hard and some part of the team will take you but that's the you know that's the situation you're looking at so uh, my dad looked at what do you want to do? I said, Dad, I can play here. I know I can play on this team. I can do it. You know, I want to play here. And he's like, all right. Sign him up. And then, uh, so, I showed up for camp. I had a really good camp, training camp, and pretty good preseason. And by the first team of the year, I was on the first line for first, second line, I guess. Wow. Depends on the team. And, uh, Years, I remember, and I remember because everyone was going to see out again, well, even if you were the best player, everybody was going to be a scratch. Mm-hmm. But I scored a goal every game for the first 10 games, so Steering kept not scratching me until I didn't score in the 11th game, the 12th game I didn't play. That's funny. So, I remember, I don't remember what game it was during my streak. You know, I'm not really a great goal scorer, so I was kind of on fire at the time, but you're walking, you know, a team where you got the one right to walk down the hallway to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking down the hallway, leaving the game after a team. Uh, he had to be right behind me. He said, hey, thanks. I guess I miss, uh, I miss you at a few, huh? He said, that's all right, Coach. Don't worry. That's what I'm here for, buddy. Well, you know, that's kind of a nice, that's got to be a nice feeling of redemption for you. You know, back that, they, yeah. they blew it. They blew it. It wasn't you. You know, so that's always a good thing. Well, if I'm being honest, you know, uh, just, you know, great, you know, drills, I don't look good at I just play the game, I just understand the game, I see the game. So, you know, honestly, nowadays, I probably shouldn't play because, you know, the, in the clubs that we're having that we used to do, I'd be in the box all day long. Yeah, that's true. Well, I understand that all too well. Uh, well, so let me ask you, how, I mean, how, you talk about that. And uh, were, did you always play that style of game when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I was always getting penalties for checking when I was too young to play and playing rough. Yeah, that's... I grew up with three brothers, so we were always beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was just life, you know, and then you get on the ice and you're kind of allowed to do it, even that's penalty. So, yeah, you, you do. Yeah, that's just the way I you know, always played ever since I started skating. So now, uh, what's did you ever get to play with your brothers at higher levels of hockey? Yeah, my twin brothers. We played in uh, Gaylor together in North American League my last year of hockey. Okay, that's awesome. Now, what was it like playing with them? Oh, it was incredible. It was awesome. We actually played online together for for uh, a lot of the seasons. Oh my! Now that's Mark and. Uh, Jason? Yes. Okay. So Jay, so Jay and Mark, because I remember they played later uh, after you did in Toledo. Yeah, they were two years later, I think, when the Nationals were at home and they lost in the finals, I believe. Yeah, in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the year they played. Oh. <clears throat> That's pretty wonderful. Now, that had to be hard on your, on your family, though, for as far as uh, – you got all your brothers and you, you know, playing hockey and stuff, and now you know, never mind all the cost involved, but the travel and and uh, you know, being in you know a half a million miles that you put on your car every year, that'd be uh, rough on your family too, wouldn't it? Yeah, but my parents did it because they knew that's what we wanted to do. I mean, luckily there were four of us, but there was only three different places to be because Mark and Jay were always on the same team. Um, so it would be, Dad coached them once he got a little older, so he was always take them. And then my mom would either take me 
Well, that, that works. So, hey, nothing wrong with that. Now, uh, so you come to Toledo. Uh, what was it like when you walked into that locker room for the first time? Well, uh, being honest, it was just a locker room because we didn't have our own locker room. We had to take our stuff home at night. Yeah, true. But, uh, we didn't have a locker room. It was just, I don't know, everybody just, you know, they were nervous, they were intimidated. I never got that feeling. You know, I just, it was just another game to me. Okay, so uh, do you remember, you, uh, you said in the first uh, dozen games or so, or ten games, you scored a goal. Do you remember your first goal in a Cherokee uniform? Remember who it was against? No, Okay. So now, uh, did you have a ton of pun- penalty minutes when you played uh, in Toledo? when you played back then. Do you remember that? played back then um do you remember how many goals you ended up with uh, in that season Don't forget, too, there was no internet uh, like we know it now uh, back then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so what was it like playing for uh, for your coaches? Uh, I mean, Scott was Scott. Scott always tried to uh, – he was more of a, a, a tactical guy. You're, in other words, he tried to get into your head. Uh, Omi was – they always say good cop, bad cop. Omi, I always remembered him as being good cop. And then Zion – Bob was always uh, kind of bad cop, but he was still a, a, a good X's and O's coach. Well, Bob could be the worst cop if he did something wrong that 
making that. Yeah. Uh, like not standing still during the national anthem or or something like that. That he would snap. I don't know if you got in trouble for off the ice because I remember. And I think one of the other guys talked about this on your podcast when Mark and Jay were there. Jay got busted with some of the other guys for drinking. Uh, it was literally his first time, but Bob Aiden did an AA meeting. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, that was Robbie so, Kroll. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. I saw that one the other day. So. But, yeah, you know, Searing was, uh, he was a good coach. I liked Searing. You know, he was, like you said, he was the tactical guy. He wanted you to do things a certain way, and if you couldn't do them, like, you weren't going to use you. Um, I love Todd Omi. Todd Omi was, uh, you know, probably one of my favorite coaches I ever played for. Um, I think he's telling you that I'm probably the toughest guy ever to play for the Cherokee, if you ask him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my son had a, my son went to camp, uh, training camp with him this year, so he told me this one. That's uh, funny. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, the only thing I would, if I had one complaint, it was that, you know, I like to fight every once in a while, and Searing did not want me to fight. Huh. Ever. And uh, I know he, I think he's been years later and we kind of let him go more, but he would like get on me if he's like, you're not playing tomorrow and stuff like that. And maybe it's because he thought I was a better player than that and he couldn't fight, but sometimes it needs to happen, in my opinion, and we didn't have anybody else who's going to do it. So, anyway, a few times. So, you know, um, who else was the tough guys on uh, on your on your team back then? Did was there any other guys that wanted to drop the mitts? Not that I can really remember, no. I mean we had a kid named Dan Lesterline who I lived with, uh, that should have been because he wasn't a great skilled player, he was big. Uh, he was a sophomore in high school and I think he was benching three fifty. Holy cow. He's just a monster. If he would have played the game the way he should have played it and fought, he should have fought, he probably would have made a pretty high knock. But he didn't. He wanted to be a goal scorer. Um, it's 94-95. It's about 25 years ago. Yeah, thereabouts. I don't remember anybody else really wanting to fight. I mean, no. Wow, okay. I, can't, I don't think so. Okay. Um... Now, was the league as a whole, were there a lot of fights back then? Uh, or was it pretty much a, 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 a low-key uh, score? Because it's Junior B, so a lot of people think automatically, uh, you know, nothing but fights. But I didn't see, like, like I said, back in the 90s, I didn't see that as many fights as I thought I'd see. I don't think so. I think, uh, like I said, well, that's scaring in my fights, so... Obviously, we didn't have a ton. You know, I can't say what happened with the other teams, but I don't think there was a ton of fights that. You know, the thing is, nowadays with Junior B, or I'm sorry, there's three Junior A. There you go. Which, which is crazy to me. It's still Junior B. Yeah, anyway, I understand. Uh, you have so many Junior A teams now, and so many Junior B teams. It gets to be more of that. Like when I played in Toledo, there was like nine teams in the Central States League. There's a Cedar Nine League in Minnesota, and then there's a couple leagues out east at the Cedar B level, and then there's the North American League at Cedar Nine or ten teams, and the USHL had eight teams. Yep. So the better players were playing, and they didn't necessarily have to fight as much or, or be able to want to fight as much. Now there's, I don't know how many, there's 28 or 30 North American League teams. 12 or 14 USA Cup teams and 150 tier 3 teams. Yeah, probably even more than that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, you know, that's what I've always said. I love I love watching hockey no matter the level. But I honestly think because, you know, kids are starting to uh, – more kids are starting to play now. Uh, the fact that uh, the only downside to it is because there are so many more teams – that it, it tends to water the product down a little bit, and you know, I, but I, I mean, I'm glad for I'm glad that more kids are interested in hockey. That part of it I'm glad for, but it does come at a downside, and that is that you know it does you know because you've got kids playing out in in California, 
kids playing in Florida, uh, kids playing in Texas, which is fine. You've got some good players out there, but uh, the leagues themselves are kind of, eh, eh, you know, so I, I... Yes, indeed. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's something that needs to be that, you know, addressed by, with, by the people with, you know, a say. You know, hey, we want more teams, we want more players, but we don't want more teams just to have more teams. they got to be well-ran, competitive teams, or what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I've always said that to me, the reason that they have a half a million teams in the uh, – in the North American League, so they uh, the fact that the three HL is essentially helping s- sustain the NAHL because they have to they have to pay every month they have to pay money to the North American League to be for the for the glorious status of being part of the three HL. So I you know. I've, Oh, yeah. You know, they're not worried about doing it for the kids or for the right reason. They're doing it for the, the check that they get. I, I don't doubt it for a minute. So, um, now let's talk here for a minute, too, about uh, what you guys did that year that you played. Uh, you said uh, you guys made it to the national tournament. Tell me about that experience. Well, going to Trenton, New Jersey was the first time all year that we got a bus for a game. Uh, we, we had to drive ourselves to every game except for nationals and when we flew to St. Louis. Uh, we never got to transportation, which I thought was garbage, you know, but apparently there's a rule that if you don't go over, I don't know, 100 miles or something, they don't have to provide it, so they took advantage of that. But it was, uh, we got on the bus, we drove to New Jersey. Uh, it was my first year experience on a bus because we hadn't done it all year. Um, it was a little bit different because I believe they let some parents come on the bus. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it was just coaches and managers and stuff. But we drove out to New Jersey. It was, it was a good trip. Uh, we got out there uh, a couple days before we got to play. We got comfortable. We got a practice, I think, on a Wednesday. Played on Friday. Uh, pretty sure we won our first game. I believe I remember correctly that Hensky uh, Townstad and I got a 2 on 0 in with like 20 seconds left of the tie game to win it. And I do remember scoring that goal. Wow. And uh, I remember after the game, I first got interviewed because, you know, it's nationals. And the lady said, What do you think is going to happen? And I said, Well, we're going to win nationals, of course. Of course. And then I found that was yeah, they were a powerhouse back then. Kind of vetoed it. Like, what if you guys get mugged? 
Well, 25, yeah, and besides that, you you're, you 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 could take care of yourself pretty good. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not going to see that for everybody. I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's 25 of us just to mess with us. I mean, it's not like it's just me going downtown by myself. We're all going to go on the bus and walk around downtown. But we know where we have to go. We, we did go to, and I'll tell you this much, just don't go to the nervous so it's time to get the Statue of Liberty instead. Yeah. Kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, it was a big waste of time. I was like, oh boy, thanks for bringing me here. But, uh, yeah, it could have been downtown, that's right. But, uh, now, you know, because the thing with, you know, you were talking about Apple Corps. Your brothers actually played against them, uh, when we had nationals in Toledo, they're in Sylvania. And I just remember that, that because. Uh, I remember that game because the Scuderi brothers were playing for Apple Corps. And they went oh, on to okay. put, yeah, Rob and Ken Scuderi. And they yeah. ended up uh, playing in the NHL. And uh, so, you know, I mean, they like I said, back then, Henry Lazar had uh, powerhouse teams back then. I mean, kids would do anything to play for him. And, uh, oh, was no question. That yeah. They were better than a lot of junior A teams back then. They could be some years they could have won a lot of games in junior A, but you know, that's when kids high east didn't want to come out to the North American League or the USA together when they stick goals to home. Yep. I agree. Now, uh so you you guys uh bow out. Um so what ended what where did you go to next after Toledo? Of course. And then uh, we, we all drank and had a good time. And then uh, me and Johnny Sonderman apparently fell asleep in the lobby. Uh, bus was supposed to leave at 8, at 7.30. And one of the other guys comes down and says, Hey, man, are you guys ready to get on the bus? Nope. Uh, we better go get our stuff. So that was kind of interesting. And then it was a, the bus ride home wasn't nearly as nice as the bus ride out after a long night of drinking. Of course. And the one thing, one, one of my complaints from that year, too, is when we got back to Camo, we had a locker room, like I said. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, we just go home, get to our billets, and uh, go to sleep, and we'll meet up, and we'll deal with the book. No, Dr. McCarthy and uh, Scott brought garbage bags out at Camo. I said, hey, give us all our gear back right now. You know, put your stuff in this garbage bag, and you can take it home with you. Oh, nice. I was like, wow, really? We just went to Nashville. We just had a really good year. And he's just kicking us off the floor tonight at 3 o'clock in the morning. But, yeah, so after Toledo, what I did was I tried out for Danville in the North American League and Windsor, Windsor or Sarnia, one of the two, in uh, Junior Canada. In Canada, I don't know what it's OJHL, I think. Mm-hmm. And ended up signing with Danville, and then uh, went to training camp in Danville. Was having a good camp, you know. Was uh, there. Everybody went home for I think what's the what's the holiday then Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. Yep. Everybody went home for Labor Day, but I stayed because coach and a couple other guys were like, "Hey, we need guys for the parade. Can you stay?" So I, Whatever I stayed, and my house is only an hour away, anyways. I want to be home. Uh, and then I ended up going to some party in this little town called Hoopston, getting my butt kicked. Uh, still don't know why. Guys, uh, hey, what's your problem? And they picked a fight, and I got beat up by five hillbillies. Ah. And uh, one of my, my roommate just kind of let me get my butt kicked, which is nice. Mm. So then, uh, the night. The next night, I think it was, we're, uh, no, 
I might have my best left left. I might have went to Chicago first. And then before that, we're going to go to this Hoops to Corn Festival, right? Just empty gates. There's nothing to do in Canada. And then we're driving, we're like, hey, that sign says Chicago's only 100 miles away. Do you want to go to Chicago? Uh, so we did. We went up there. We got our you know, fake IDs. We're going over the clause. We went to Michael Jordan's restaurant, to the Hard Rock Cafe, or go to this club. And, uh, I forget the kid's name that was with us. I guess, man, that's crazy. But of course, for you, long road it, it seems to be a 
a purveying term in, in your career, uh, whether through little when you were little to even then, seems to be yeah. seems to be a, a something that you're used to. So now you played what one season in Saginaw or? Well, I played my whole career for Saginaw. I played for in Saginaw. The thing about the Saginaw years, halfway through the year, the team actually moved to Gaylord. Oh gosh. We still lived and practiced in Saginaw. See, here's another one, right? Because we lived and practiced in Saginaw, but we got on a bus and drove two hours north for all of our home games. Good night. So, Jim, my first year of junior A, I was doing the driving for the home games. So, and then, uh, for personal reasons, next year I didn't play. Mm hmm. And then uh, the following year, I came back to Gaylord and played with, uh, that's how I played with Mark and Jay for my final year at junior hockey. Okay. So, uh, so you play, you finish in Gaylord. Uh, what, how good was that team? Were they any good or? No. I mean, we were good, but uh, the problem with that team is the guy that bought the team, his name is Vic Zerk, or no, Tom Zerk, Vic was a kid. Basically, I believe, bought it for his kid to have a place to play. Mm-hmm. Vic was 16 years old. He wasn't ready to play at that level. But the thing is, when you're 16, if you're a junior, if a uh, tier two team takes you, you have to play like 80% of the games. They can't take you and not use you. So, yeah. and, you know, that was a problem. And then, in my opinion, the guy that was a coach, Brett Kerner, who I really like, and I think he's got the qualifications to be a great coach, he could. Um, there's a whole contract issue the whole year where Tom Zirk wanted him to sign a contract, but he wanted the contract to say, I can fire you at any time and you don't get any money. So he was like, why does that's what I signed him? You know, he's just fired me. What's the point of the contract? Um, so there was all that drama. And he also, uh, Brad also brought in some players that I thought probably weren't at the level they needed to be and they needed to recruit a little harder. But you know, it is what it is. I had a good time, played a good year until end of January when uh, the or Tom Zurich's son got caught drinking and of course since I was the oldest player on the team it was my fault. Of course. So, so I guess I, mean, I probably did buy him the beer I'll be 100% honest but better than me not made a drink. That's right. You know, so you can lead a horse to water. January 8th, I, I turned 21 January 8th that year so I bought a lot of beer. <laughs> but that didn't mean I had a fake ID before that, so I bought it before January. It didn't matter. You know, nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Except that he got caught. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so okay, so after that, um, what did what did you do as far as, I mean, how did you stay in the game of hockey? Well, after that, we... Um, Next year, I was going to try out for the Toledo Storm. I was uh, all set up. I was going to go. Um, but I went, uh, and when I got released from the team, I went to work with my dad and uh, Andy and my wife. My girlfriend at the time is my wife now. She's already living with me. She lived with me in Gaylord. You know, we had an apartment. Mm-hmm. So we had all our parties and stuff. But she lived with me, and I was working with my dad, and I was making like seven fifty to nine fifty a week. Yeah, I had a you know, good job, good car and Toledo called me and they're like, Gary, we'll so much for a talk and you know, as a role player we'll offer you one seventy five a week plus apartment and I'm like, Wow You know, that's like less than a third of what I make now and it just ended up not playing. I didn't go, I didn't go to camp enough. I, I probably should have, but you know, sometimes you gotta make life decisions and, and move on. So that's what I did and then uh got then me and my wife got married that August. My daughter was born in May. And uh, we were living in Indy because that's where my dad lived, I was living with him. And then uh 
got a job offer in Cincinnati in the, I want to say in 2000, we moved to Cincinnati. And that was in the, that was in the CSHL, right? Right, well, I got a truck driving job in Cincinnati first, and then I'm down there, and then I see the ad for the CSHL job, and I go, and I get that job, start working with the team, and driving a truck, and I was the associate head coach or something like that, and uh, so I'm helping out, and I did that for the Cincinnati Cobras for that year, and then starting next year, and then a month into the season they fired the head coach and then they be the head coach and I'm only 24 years old at the time wow so I was the head coach but the only problem with that team is and they have so much potential you know first of all they were at Northland which is awful they should have been up down the street at Sports Plus because it was so much nicer yep um, and uh, the owner and the two owners wanted to build the team out of mostly local kids. And I said, you're never going to win. You're just not going to win. You know, even the second year when I did a lot of the recruiting, we brought a bunch of kids in, but we wanted to at least half local kids. And they made us take this goalie who, great kid. Jimmy Bowe something. Great kid, I like him. But he just wasn't at that level. He wasn't a goalie that could play at that level. So if you don't have a goalie, you know, you know, in this league, if you don't have a goal, you might as well not play. Yeah. Because you never play. So I was battling that. And I'll tell you this. This is how bad the team was, right? Ken Bassrap was the general manager and the second owner of the team. Mm-hmm. He had a kid playing in the league when he owned a team. He was playing in Toledo. Yeah, Nick Bassrap. Man. So, that was my first experience. And then, so after that, we lived in Cincinnati. 
maybe another six, eight months. We moved back to Indy. I went back to truck driving, and then, so what was that, event two, oh, two, I don't know, three, oh, three, Jacob was born. Around oh, six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a call from Mike Kellermeyer, and uh, he's looking for an assistant coach for a high school team. Uh, Cathedral Chicago High School, and I helped him with that for a few years. Uh, right about the time my son was doing learn to skate, and then I did high school with Mike, and I did uh, you know house league with my son until he was six or seven. Then we started to travel, and then I coached him all the way until we moved to Michigan. Now, when did you move to Michigan? Right after Thanksgiving, 2013. Okay. So, what we did was, I, uh, my wife wanted to move back for years. She missed her family. And then I got laid off from my truck driving job. So I said, you know, nothing keeping us here now. If you want to go, let's go. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. So what is uh, what is Josh uh, Deitch up to these days? Just working, man. I work at a, uh, a trucking company here in Saginaw. I dispatch trucks. I rework loads on trucks. I, uh, you know, just nine to five like everybody else. And then I, I do a little bit of a hockey advisor business on the side, helping kids out, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, whatever, you know, I could say, hey, you probably better off in Lake Erie because, you know, they had 12, 20-year-olds. They're wide open, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just do that on the side, kind of help people out, you know, make a little money myself, but mostly do it to help the kids. I was going to say, it uh, sounds like you still like being in, around the game still. Uh, do you see yourself ever getting back to coaching? nothing wrong with that hey as long as you keep doesn't matter where you are as long as you're still uh get keeping your feet wet and still involved in the game so uh so what's the name of your company where where folks if they want to find out about you know uh you know if they want to uh see about you know as you said you know how to get kids to the right camp not necessarily just any camp Okay. Is there a website or a Facebook page or anything? Or? All of it. There's a Facebook. There's a Twitter. I think there's an Instagram my daughter set up. Um, it's www.clarep247.com. Beautiful. That's all we can ask for there. Well, Josh, it's been it's been fun, man. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, getting it, Like I said, I didn't get to know you as much, as, like I said, except for that brief stint you had in Cincinnati. Uh, but... Uh, I I, rem- I remember that because <laughs> I remember the I remember the line brawl, the the fight, and because uh, I just remember all uh, the guys we had on the ice. To be honest, none of them were fighters, none. Uh, we had a kid from Czechoslovakia who was like maybe five seven, a hundred and forty pounds. That was our that was our toughest that was our toughest guy out there, and he, he, he yeah. His name was Rado Lemasani. That's all I remember. 
and I laughed because I was like, she's going to get killed. And, uh, but uh, now didn't, if I remember that, you know, we were talking about, now I understand your side of it, but I'm trying to remember too what happened at that. Didn't some, I think, was it, was it you or was it somebody on your team had to write a letter to, uh, oh, I think, yeah, Kim Asher I wrote that. He tried to get me to write an apology, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. It's, you know, it did happen. It's part of the game. He wanted me to write an apology letter to the youth organization in Sylvania because they had a bunch of players there watching the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it again. You can fire me, but I'm not writing an apology letter. You know, it, it happens. It's just not the end of the world. You know, the kids can watch bench screen brawls on, on hockey videos all the time on the internet if they want. You know, get over it. So, uh, yeah, he did. He might have even signed my name to it, but I told him I'm not writing it. Wow. That's, but, uh, yeah, I, I remember that part of it. Now, who was, uh, who was on your uh, on your coaching staff back then? Brother, the one that didn't play junior hockey. Ah, okay. And then, and then John Sonderman, who played with me in Toledo, helped out uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and another guy that played with those guys growing up named Chad Sayuda helped me out now, uh, for a little while too. Okay, so now uh, what I'm trying to I'm trying to think too here, um, because you guys, I mean. They, you're right. They they always had difficulty uh, with teams there in Cincinnati, but I can understand your point of it completely. When you have uh, when you have a team that uh, wants to go all local, and you don't have, I mean Toledo, we didn't have all the uh, the development that we do now. I mean now it's like, you know, we've got a lot of local kids that are the the high school programs. And the local travel programs are much better. And where uh, back then we had to recruit nationally, and you were lucky if you had one or two local kids. Uh, and that's that. That was the key back then. Uh, now I think because uh, the local programs have gotten better, um, that it's helped uh, Toledo to be able to recruit a few more local players. They still recruit nationally but they can recruit a few more local players, and I think it, it, it probably helps. And you didn't have that luxury back then. But uh, right. We might be in the same situation in Cincinnati where you can get more now, Cincinnati or Dayton kids, but you're still not going to get 20. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're never – I mean, Toledo's close enough to Detroit, but, I mean, look at Metro. Metro's in Detroit, and they still have yep. not local kids because you just can't do it. I mean – not always no they you're right they sure don't so okay Yep, well, you did it, so, and you did it even before, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so Josh, uh, anything you want, before we wind her up here, is there anything you want to say to, like, say, the, uh, the Cherokee Nation that's listening, because we got folks from all different eras, not only your era, but uh, more recent eras, plus the fan base, that uh, they all tune into this thing, uh, do you got anything you want to say to them? Never, never, uh, never say never. So, you know. Actually, I do want to say this. Tell Todd only, you see him, that uh, next time I come to that arena, I need to see my jersey hanging up somewhere. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sure, well, I'm sure he'll be listening to this. So, no no worries about that. We get, we get a number of folks that listen to these. So, uh, I'm really happy about that. So, but, uh, you know what? Yep. So, Josh, I appreciate this, buddy. 
I hope someday uh, I'll have to definitely get in touch with you because uh, I'll want to see about maybe getting your brothers on here too because, uh, you know, just to talk about what they did uh, in the Toledo uniform and et cetera. But uh, anyhow, you know, I was able to find you on Facebook, so that was a good thing. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, like I said, this is, uh, this is uh, for me, this is just a big deal for me just simply because – I like the fact that I can talk to people from the past, talk about our history, and uh, in, in just in, in little bits and pieces here and there. But uh, you know, the fact that you were a part of this is what makes it special to me. And the fact that you know, I mean, come on, you had uh, your brothers, uh, your other two brothers, twin brothers that came abo- came on board after you. Um, you know, that pretty much tells you that. Uh, you know, the team uh, meant something. And th- and not only to you guys, but that you guys meant something to the team. And it, no bigger proof than what the conversation you had with Scott Searing when he said, I misjudged you. I mean, that, that tells you right there what you meant. You know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Not only in hockey, but in life. And uh, you, you actually did a pretty bang-up good job there. So, uh, first of all, thank you. And, uh, well, I tell you, it's been, like I said, it's been fun getting to know you here over the last hour. So, I hope, uh, like I said, I hope we can keep in touch. And I appreciate it, bud. All right, sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it here from uh, Cherokee Rewind, Episode 38. We appreciate it very much, uh, you hanging out with us here with Josh Dice. And don't forget, you can download every episode. Just subscribe to whatever platform you use, whether it's uh, iHeartRadio or Google Podcast or Amazon Podcast, Spotify. Just uh, put in Cherokee Rewind, subscribe to it, and every time a new episode drops, it'll notify you. So be sure to do that. So for Josh, I am Mick, and we will talk to you again next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.